Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Adventures in Angular. Today on the panel, we have yours truly, Aaron Frost with Hero Devs. And we have two guests, which is better than one guest. We have my friend Dave. So, Dave, can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Dave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfectly adequate amount of information. Dave, <laughs> tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, I'm Dave. I'm, uh, I'm from Germany, from Hamburg. Um, currently, I'm sitting in uh, Frankfurt, near Frankfurt. I'm doing a workshop here. I'm a freelancer. I'm doing a lot of Bangalore stuff, uh, workshops, teaching, mentoring, all this stuff. I'm private stuff. I'm married, uh, three kids, boys, and I'm a lucky guy. Yeah. Thanks for the introduction. And then we got another guest. We got Mike Brocky. Brocky, go ahead and do an introduction. Yeah, you don't need one, but feel free. Um, Mike Brocky, uh, actually first time on the show. First time show guest, long time listener though, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, now I get to like give some feedback and uh, provide some audio back. Yeah. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing in life now, Mike? I know a lot of us have followed you for a while and some of us are like, hey, Mike's, Mike's a big deal. Um, tell us what you're doing. Yeah, uh, so um, I don't, you haven't gone over what today's show is about, uh, which is actually what I haven't been doing, which is okay. uh, working uh, with the Angular CLI. Um, I'm working for a company based out of Florida called Ultimate Software. And currently, I am not doing a whole lot of Angular, but I'm working with a lot with uh, Stencil to provide framework agnostic web components as a design language system. Cool. Uh, so having some fun with that, trying my hands at something a little bit different, not Angular, but still Keep my pole, or keep myself on the pulse of Angular as well. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. So yeah, as Mike said, we are going to be talking about the Angular CLI today. And Mike, Mike spent, uh, is it fair to say years or a year? Mike spent years? Uh, years, probably in total about two and a half to three Mike's, years. Worth. Mike spent years working on the Angular CLI and we've got, and he's got a bunch of friends still working on it. And um, anyway, so Mike, a lot of us have heard Stencil Jazz. Is Stencil Jazz basically a Polymer competitor or what is it? I, I don't want to label what is a competitor of what, but yeah, it's basically a set of tools to be able to spit out uh, raw web components to be able to run the browser uh, with some other niceties uh, bundled in with it. Um, it's kind of gives you a little bit of the React JSX uh, type feel with the inline rendering um, inside of your TSX files. And 
It also throws some niceties in there, like asynchronous uh, loading of the components. So you can basically say, hey, I'm eventually going to have this uh, custom component foobar, right? Foo-bar. And just basically register that. And that's all you're saying is, hey, if you see a foobar, let me know. I got that covered. And it'll asynchronous, asynchronously load the implementation on demand. So that's a little nicety. And then it's also got a lot of backend because it's uh, supported by the Ionic team, developed and supported by the Ionic team. Oh, this is made by the Ionic folks? Yeah, it, it's, oh, it's cool. legit. Oh, that's cool. So, so Mike, Mike Hardington, he's been in here is what you're saying. He's, he's influenced this thing? Absolutely, um, especially because Ionic 4 is all built with uh, Stencil. Oh, okay, cool. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So I'm going to get into the show topic, I promise. But Mike, having used Stencil, your thoughts on like when Angular elements are like in Angular uh, 9 or whenever Ivy's out and Angular elements are actually small and compact in size. How do you think Angular elements stacks up to like a, a Stencil? As we were uh, taking on this endeavor to be able to provide framework agnostic components our initial approach was going to be using Angular Elements. However, the bundle size was going to be an issue, and we were aware of that, just because different aspects of the framework aren't tree-shakeable, uh, and they will be in Ivy. So there was that, as you mentioned. But there were some other things that happened within an Angular build process that are preventative uh, for what we wanted to do. So the idea of discovering child components through content children, view children, as well as the singular of both of those, those the determination of those is done by looking at the template at build time. And in order for that to work in a web component ecosystem, right. that yeah. needs to happen at runtime. Uh, so you don't have that at your disposal to be able to utilize that API in Angular Elements. So that was a big... Uh, gotcha that we ran into, uh, which caused us to uh, alter our course over to Stencil Land. To the Stencil. So, so we're done talking about Angular Elements, and we're going to talk about um, the Angular CLI, right? That's what that's what we're talking about. Angular CLI. <laughs> All right. So there's a lot to talk about. Like when I talk about the CLI. I think it's one of the most, like, as people are like, hey, Angular, hey, React, hey, you. I think the Angular CLI is one of the least, when they appraise the cost of a framework, I think that the CLI gets the least appraised value where it deserves the most, like, them as far as how much money it saves the company. It's actually absolutely outrageous the amount of money that the Angular CLI saves you. So I, I want to talk about multiple aspects. Who builds it? How much money is it saving you? What are some of the add-ons? What are some tips and tricks to make it better? So yeah, like that's kind of what I want to talk about. So Dave, what do you think we should talk about? Like what, what are some of the things that, that you think the community should know about like with the CLI? First of all, um, uh, what you have to know about the CLI is it's built by an amazing bunch of people. I can remember a very special day um, back in um, 2017. <laughs> I was sitting in a, uh, at a workshop in um, in Copenhagen after the NG Viking, and I re I saw a tweet about uh, the CLI. Baba is something they they skipped the uh, command or something like this, and I tweeted something about this. And I guess a second later, I received a private message from one of the members of the team, which says, "Hey." Delete your post. 
I did it and I asked her, what's up? Ah, it's deprecated. <laughs> we we uh, decided to skip this, uh, your recommendation also. And um, yeah, this was Brockham. <laughs> oh, yeah. And this was, um, it was the very first time that I would get uh, in touch directly with someone of the, of the community, of this, of this team. And um, it's awesome. I, I heard about the CLI in, um, I guess, 2016. Is this possible? Like this? Yeah. And I, and I was, um, oh, this is amazing. I started um, uh, doing my first talks about it and make some pr uh, promotion for this. And I thought, this is awesome. Just to get uh, a tool way better than um, uh, all these tools like, um, you know, you, yo man or yo, yo man or how they called. And um, yeah. it's something built by the community and very near close to the, to the, to the team and very close to the, to the um, style guide so that you have a definitely working project seed at the end where you can start your project from. And um, when I first uh, did my first talk about this, I saw the reaction of the people and said, okay, this is really a thing. And um, yeah, it's totally the way that it's, it's that um, amazing thing that um, you can save much of money just because you don't have to set up all your testing environment. When I remember back in the days in, I guess, 2014, when I um, did my very first unit testing with Karma and Jasmine, and it took me, I guess, four days to get the testing environment just up and running because it was so difficult to get the, the right um, resolve mentions or recommendations from Stack Overflow to get my environment running. And with the CLI, it was just a beep done. Awesome. Yeah. So you're talking about when you first ran into the CLI. Yeah. Uh, it made me open up my Gmail and search. So in, in 2014, I got an email from Brad, one. I just had it open, and it's titled "Comparison of AngularJS Application Seeds and Generators." And they're talking, about, hey, there's way too many of these app generators and app seeds. We got to consolidate into one. We got to make this easier for people. And like this was kind of the first email that I was brought into where they were like, "We want a better Angular build environment." And I'm lazy, like generally in life. You know, you guys are laughing only because, you know, it's true. Not because you're like, hmm, I wonder if that's like, you guys are just like, yeah, he is. Um, and so I didn't really get involved, right? And then fast forward a couple of years and I was like, oh, something actually progressed out of that email. And I got a, these people named Mike Brocky and I got some people, other people I don't know, Hans. I got apparently a dude named Felipe Silva and some other people doing some stuff around this thing. And it's actually a full-time gig now. So that's kind of how I got introduced to it, which I thought was pretty cool that Brad was involved in like getting it bootstrapped from, from like the beginning. And that was clear back in this email I got was October 14, 2014. So you're, you're looking at like four and a half years. Yeah. That's some history in the, especially in the modern web. That's, that's a long time, right? Mike, what about you? You mentioned the idea of um, when you first started on that or when you first heard of this as a concept. So I decided I'm going to scroll back and see how long ago I actually started uh, contributing. First pull request. I'm back in 2016 at this point. You're looking at pull requests back to 2016? Yeah, I'm going through all of the pull requests. Of, uh, 
This is Wilson. Uh, November 27th, 2015. 2015. Um, nice, man. So actually, this ties back to NGConf um, of how I got involved. Um, uh, this isn't about me this whole episode, but why I started working on it was, all right, I was at NGConf in 2015 uh, as an attendee and said, hey, I want to come back. But I knew my boss wasn't going to send me back a second year. So I was yeah. like, all right, I can get back as a speaker. I can come up with something to talk about or whatever. And I saw a talk from Igor presenting uh, what was the, the very initial incarnations of the CLI. And I had a conversation with Ben Lush. Uh, his, his talk, sorry, I think it was NG Europe. And I said, hey, that's a project I could get involved with. I have to talk with Ben Lesh, who would talk to Igor. And I started um, just picking up issues and seeing what I could do to contribute. Um, and then I got involved with it and I did it as a way to give a talk about it at NGConf. And it turned into some contract work and full-time work and did that for quite a while. But the, the idea of all the different seeds for Angular, forget about AngularJS, but just Angular all the different seed projects of, all right, how do I get started? What's this idea of a build process? How do I do this? Gulp and grunt and all the other build tools that are out there. How do I do this? How do I take this idea of something that's written in something called TypeScript and yeah. get it presented to the browser as JavaScript, as a cohesive bundle that's not too big for people to be able to, be able to get started and get playing with it? And a tool that takes all that and boils it down so that you just run a single command. I was like, that, that's what we need, something to make this easier. Hey, how do I initially set up a project, get things generated for it, as well as building and deploying it? All in one tool, that sounds phenomenal. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you know this or not, but it actually caught on. People are actually using this. <laughs> yeah, a couple. I know, I know some people. I'm about to hang out in a few weeks with about 1,500 of them. Um, oh, yeah. But like, for for people who built their own one of these things in AngularJS using Gulp, Grunt, Yeoman, Broccoli, right? That was a thing, right? I'm not just making that up. That was actually a build tool. It was called Broccoli, right? Yeah. Actually, not only was it a build tool, it was the initial build tool within the CLI used Broccoli. Oh, okay. So the CLI was wrapping that. Yeah. Roll up, Webpack. If you've done one of your own, you can start to have a glimpse of the abs- like the magnitude of what the CLI is giving you for free. And so um, it is really a massive tool. And I remember I've, I worked on teams of like 65 front-end engineers on one single-page app. And if I look at the amount of time we invested into our Webpack build, <laughs> uh, it's significant. Like I haven't worked at that company for two years. I think I still know more about that build than anyone at the company that's currently there. Like it's a beast and you own it and it's, and it, it immediately is legacy. The second you write it and you walk away, you now have this legacy thing and it's crazy. And like, then I moved from there to a company where we were able to add the angular CLI. Right. And like, I remember we showed up to work one day and like the build was like, 30% faster and our bundle size was like 15% smaller and we didn't do anything. So night and day difference when you looked at how many dollars and emotional quotient we sunk into, into our Webpack build versus 
how much time we didn't spend on it at the new play, like on this Angular app with the Angular CLI and how much like, increased benefit and how much better it was. It's like crazy. And when people are like, hey, should we, should we do this or Angular? It's like, well, as long as you're comparing some of the things, I think you need to look at the absolutely financial load that Angular CLI saves you. Like it's, it's, it's insane the amount of money you're saving with the CLI. Am I wrong? No. Totally right. It's crazy, right? I have a big mantra that I like to focus on users. I don't really care too much about developers. I care about users, right? When I'm working on an application. And to this day, I haven't met a user that cares what your, how your app was built. They want to know about features. They want to know what it does and everything else. And by not having to worry about your build process or uh, how your project's structured or anything like that, you can actually focus your time and your efforts and your skills on providing features and functionality within your application that are marketable. And then that goes back to your bottom line of uh, not only money saved, but also money brought in by taking those efforts and putting them towards actual features. Yeah. yeah you said that you, uh, that you, you have to spend money to um, develop or um, make this um, Webpack build run and can use it to build features. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And this is, uh, yeah, this is uh, very important because um, you, for sure you can say, okay, we are very fast, <laughs> but we can take this time now and build features. Because um, yeah. you, you don't, if you, if you start a project, you don't get this, okay, you have uh, six months and you can spend one month for uh, your um, environment and, and five months for your, um, for your project. No, they say, okay, you have six months and I need this, this product. And they don't care about what and how. And if this is the, the fastest way you can get up um, a, a project running to get productive, awesome. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, you know, one of the things Angular lost over AngularJS and the views really kind of filled this need is it's super teachable, right? Like views kind of this balance of it's really easy to learn, but it's not just React where it just gives you one piece. It gives you actually like, kind of a whole stack to build with, right? So like it goes beyond what React is, but it's super teachable still. And Angular, I feel like the CLI might be, I feel like it's the key to unlocking, making Angular teachable again. So I, I, I think more people need to focus on, on the CLI and give it more credit. I think Angular people like in the Angular community, when they're selling it to their companies, the sales pitch needs to more heavily include the CLI because I think it is a heavily sellable point. Like, how do we get builds like Google? Oh, use the, use the Angular CLI. That's how. How do we get builds like what Capital One or, or T-Mobile is going to use? Oh, use the Angular CLI. That's how you're going to do that. Are you a small and What kind of investment are we looking at time-wise to get that set up? Oh, I don't know, 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Versus two days. I, no, months. I mean, okay. to be honest, like over a year, if you had 60 people on a team, you're going to be spending man months getting yeah. a bill to work for everybody. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. I, and I'm curious what your experiences were um, in terms of setting up a build process for a new application and configuring Webpack and uh, lazy loading and all those other uh, nice features that you can take advantage of within a framework. But my question is, who typically works on that within an organization? Is it the junior developers or is it the senior developers, the architects? In terms of like the man hours, are they 
relatively inexpensive man hours or are they the more expensive? In my findings of what I've gone through and seen, it tends to be the more senior people who are spending their time working on these build processes that is taken away from them doing actual application development and um, project structure and those types of uh, decisions. Yeah, because set up to build and um, the structure is a very important task. And so they took it to the people. They are very expensive. And uh, very often I saw um, juniors, they are very scared about this, uh, this task. They're, okay, I step back. I have to leave this task to someone else who is more experienced. So this is also a reason, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, Brokey, you're right on. It is the more expensive. It's, more, it's the more experienced people. Um, and if you give it to anyone else besides the most experienced people, it, it gets even more expensive. Like, <laughs> like it, it's crazy. Like, you're, hey, I'm paying my most expensive person to do it. Well, if you pay anyone besides the most expensive person, it's actually more expensive because yeah. that's not a knock on people who aren't as experienced. But man, bringing together everyone's work into one bundle is hard it's harder than some people want to give it credit for like trivializing what the NUCI is doing is super disrespectful it is doing so much but i and i know that we've um talked a lot about like what the build system gives you and configuring that and what's even better is that that's not the whole story i mean don't get me wrong having the dynamic build system all you have to do is run ng build to get all the latest greatest features uh, Webpack gets upgraded for you when new versions come out and what have you. And it may not necessarily be Webpack. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, talk about Bazel and what that can provide. And I know the team's looking into how they can provide a Bazel solution uh, within the CLI. There's uh, some starters out there that you can go and play with using Bazel within the CLI. So yeah. that continues to evolve, not just iteratively of, oh, we're going to use the tool chain that we have, but there was already one change I mentioned earlier. It was with Broccoli JS and System JS uh, was the initial build system, and then it moved to Webpack. Uh, I want to say it was around like beta thirty-eight. Uh, just that stuck in my head of when the transition was into yeah. Webpack uh, for the CLI. But there's been one, and Basil seems like a very competent uh, solution and platform to move forward with for the CLI. So it'll be interesting to see how that progresses in the future. But like I said, aside from the build system, you have the idea of all these different generators uh, to be able to scaffold up an application as well as the individual pieces within there that is a differentiator because Angular also provides a style guide on the website. You can go there to angular.io and read the style guide. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of effort made to have what the CLI generates by default to align with that style guide. So you have this whole cohesive environment of your tooling, matching your recommendation, matching best practices in the industry, and all these things aligning together within one single tool. Yeah. Two little letters gives you a whole lot. Yeah. Hey, are you working on a complex enterprise Angular application? Angular Bootcamp is an intensive three-day workshop class to learn the basics of Angular through sophisticated techniques for real-world applications. They update the class regularly for the most current Angular, and a lot of the curriculum is also relevant to older versions. Or you can go beyond the three-day class with help from Oasis Digital, the team behind Angular Bootcamp. They can assist your team or launch your project, including scalability, data flow, state management, service architecture, full-stack product design, and a ton more. Or you can contact them for a private class at your location or attend public classes in cities around the U.S. and occasionally in Europe. Online live instructor training is also available at angularbootcamp.com. 
schematics.com. There's multiple kinds of schematics, right? Like there's schematics that will simply add just to your project, right? Like let's say you want to switch out the default testing and you want to have just, okay, there's a schematic to just do that. It's a one-time thing. Um, but like, Right. We'll, take, we'll take a step back real quick. So, so you mentioned, yes, there's a schematic and that's the engine that's actually powering that. And yeah. Schematics is basically a rules engine that will take in a file system or a piece of a file system in which, in this case for the CLI, it's basically your project or your workspace and can make changes to it and spit those out. So that's what Jess is doing. It's going in and changing those individual files. And what you're specifically referring to is the ng add command of being able to say, hey, there's this other library that I want to be able to consume and utilize. So basically, I want to add, for example, the Jest library you were talking about. I want to add that to my application. And it'll go in and inspect your application, make the necessary changes and the configurations to essentially give you that by running a single command. Yeah. And like all your tests get to stay the same, like as as far as they can. Like it's pretty cool to what, like what, what that thing can do. But there's other types of like, instead of just like these one-time initial only schematics, there's also like an upgrade path. So, Oh, I love it. (laughs) I love it. If I'm Ben Lesh in the RxJS team, I can write my ng update schematic that will go through someone's project and it will say, all right, I'm going to take you from Rx five to six and you're welcome, you know? And it will just kind of take care of that for you. And I was using Clarity, which is VMware's web component, like Angular component library. And I was super pleased to see that they had a schematic for me, an upgrade schematic. So I just ran ng update and it was like, all right, we're going to convert you from this version of Clarity to that version of Clarity. And it kind of covered the five to six angular five to six rx five to six upgrade thing you know what i'm saying and i thought that was amazing i was like dude that is so cool that they like i got that for free you know how hard it is on a team of like 65 people to upgrade a freaking component library like i worked at companies where like we're gonna update a button and it like it's an act of congress to get a button updated yeah. literally like, it's it's insane like it's like halt any changes for like two iterations but with, with this schematic, it's like, no, it's all kind of hidden and kind of programmatically done. And I was like, you know, maybe maybe there is a God. Like, it made me question, like, maybe there is a purpose for all of this because the, the schematics made me, like, think maybe there's, there's, maybe there's intelligent design. And, it, and it's amazing. And, so, and then there's other types of schematics. It's like, hey, let's remove the Lodash. So you can make it, like, you can internally write a schematic that will only be used at your company. It won't be deployed on NPM. It's just a thing that we'll do, we'll do on our projects. And it's like, this is just going to replace Lodash in our project. Or, and that's just an example. Maybe it's going to do some other awesome things. So there is really a lot of cool <laughs> things that you get. Like, it goes beyond simply your build system, what, what you get in the CLI. So <laughs> along those lines, because I... I don't think people fully realize the true power that's actually there of the different things you can do because they're not just these synchronous things. You can do asynchronous things as well. If And it works off of the file system. Schematics as a library is a tool being created and managed and maintained by the Angular team, but it is not Angular specific. So if true. you wanted, you can spit out whatever files you want, any text files you want. So true. 
take this scenario of you're sitting there with a database, right? You've got your um, Postgres database, right? Mm -hmm. And RDBS sitting there. And you say, hey, you know what? I really want to have a UI, a master detail for a whole bunch of different tables within my application. All I have to do is point a schematic at a table. I can then create the logic to create my backend code. And I don't care if you're writing C-sharp, if you're writing Java, if you're writing Node, uh, Go, whatever you want. Uh, you figure out your templates to be able to spit that out. Uh, write out your backend, expose it through an API, put your security in front of it, write your uh, UI code to have a service to be able to consume that API, as well as a presentation that'll be able to spit that out and do a table uh, in the UI in the detail. And you could do all that in a single command. Um, yeah, it's super powerful. Absolutely. It's super powerful. Um, and then on top of that power, there's things like uh, Manfred is like, hey, I know some people want to tap into like Webpack features. So he wrote NGX Build Plus, right? And like mm -hmm. that's, that's like even more power on top of the Angular CLI. Granted, there are going to be some problems one day when, we, when they switch out from Webpack to, to Bazel. But for the meantime, it gives people who are handcuffed an option, right? Because it's like, hey, I actually needed some of these CSS features that I wasn't getting in the Angular CLI by default. Okay, use, use NGX Build Plus, right? Or like Manfred kind of pioneered the differential loading where it's like, oh, if you're in this version, then you're going to load the polyfills and everything. But if you're in Chrome, then you're only going to load this much of an app. And so it builds twice when you build for production, but then it only loads, like it, it does differential loading. So it's actually like, there's tons of features you're getting for free, right? Like it's an ecosystem that's huge. Yeah. And it, it, I don't know, it's hard to kind of talk about how cool it is. And as with um, when the version six rolled out, there was a new file format. So you had your Angular CLI.json uh, and that moved over to Angular.json. And as part of that, one of the uh, nodes within there that you see or underneath your projects is architect. And I don't know if that's changed, if it's targets now, if it's still architect. But that whole infrastructure that's there, that API, I know has been worked on and it's going to be finalized so that you can add other builders. You're talking about NGX build plus. And what that is, is it's a custom builder. And that whole platform is going to get opened up. That API is going to get finalized as it gets tweaked and put through its paces. And you're going to be able to see other different builders happening uh, to use different tooling out there and the yeah. scalability of what's there. So the idea of ng-generate was pretty much, hey, we generate what we generate, good luck. Maybe we'll add some options for configuration. And then that just got exploded by schematics. It is what it is. You want to customize it, you customize it. And the same type of paradigm is apparently happening with the build side as well. It does what it does. If you want to customize it, there's a path for you to be able to do that. It covers the 90, 95%, whatever scenario and covers it well, but also adds opens up the idea for customizations within there as well, which is phenomenal and very forward thinking and very open. There's going to be one day where everyone just shows up to work and their build is running on Bazel and they didn't even know. It's just going to happen, right? And like... You've got guys like Jorge Cano out there doing presentations where he just does the magic. There's some magicry. There's like like a spell. You just use a wand. And then the the basil, the CLI is using basil instead. And 
it builds like significantly faster and like you change a file and the rebuild is like instantaneous because uh, the efficiencies in Bazel. So like, and you're just going to get all that for free. You're not going to have to pay your principal engineer or your architect to spend four months to get you on the Bazel. It's just going to work, right? Well, you, your free comes with an asterisk, right? You, you got to run the ungee update command, right? And yeah, I think that's a very small price to pay. It's like, hey, we're ready to update. Hey, there's a new version. It's out, stable, cool. Ng update, boom. I I ran I ran to this to this uh, very pain of updating a, a library. I I um, inherited accidentally a, <laughs> a library. It's it's a um a image copper um and yeah weird story and um it was uh, written for Angular four and it took me because I'm very busy. It took me almost one year to get it to Angular CLI build it was just plain ng packager or packager and it took me uh, nearly one year to get it into an angular cli build and now it's just for updating my update from uh, version six to seven was just one update ng update and that's it and it took me second <laughs> yeah it yeah. was yeah. but updating manually it took almost a year it was it was pain and i get many 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 uh, messages from from users from this library hey can you update it please and use it for my for my project and i need it and can you please and there are a lot of uh, forks uh, which uh, have been updated and received a lot of pull requests which all this and i said no i want to go to the cli so that they can um make an update very easy in the future and yeah it was a pain but now easy yeah it's easy just now. like this so um, let's do a shout out to the people building it. Bro- Brocky, can you give us some of the names? I know that you're a little bit more familiar than I am with the names. Yeah. <laughs> My name is no longer on that list, and that's okay. There's people working on it are absolutely phenomenal. I know that the, it's now expanded just from being the CLI team. It's now the tooling team. Okay. Um, and I know on there, it's headed up now by Alex Eagle. Mm-hmm. Um, also, also internal within Google, uh, Hans Larson. Oh, yeah. And okay. Miko Gechev. Okay. Although I know he's primarily in uh, DevRel, but I know okay. he's working heavily with the idea of uh, trying to pull in Basil and a few other uh, initiatives in there, but definitely involved. Philippe Silva has been there for quite a while as well, as has uh, Charles Lydon. Lighting? I've never, there's always just Charles. And uh, I, I'm, I apologize for butchering his last name. And then after I was uh, done working on the project, um, Alan is working on it. And I know his last name is A-G-I-U-S, and I don't want to butcher yet another name, but I know he's been working heavily on the project as well. Say it like the coolest way you know how. <sighs> no, Alan A. Alan A. Like If it was like in a book, <laughs> his name would be Agius, like or I something like cool, right? I like it. Yeah. So let's call him Agius. Um, all right, so favorite schematics. Like my favorite schematic, I, I run on every project is prettier. I also run the Jess schematic. Um, I did some twitches this last week, um, on, I did, and I added Angular elements in there. You got a PWA, you got some PWA schematics. I don't use this one, but I recommend it. Use NGRX schematics because NGRX is crazy, and it's less crazy when you use the <laughs> schematics. What are you guys' favorite schematics? I very, very love the PWA schematic and the Angular Element schematic. So Angular Element is part of my uh, advanced workshop. So I do just tomorrow, I will uh, teach the, this, this group of people um, Angular Elements with this schematic. 
and just to show how easy, how easy it is and how you can build it. And uh, of course, the PWA is awesome. Just to say, okay, let give me just for free offline functionality. Bing. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'm going to um, not pat myself on the back of this, but I actually implemented that schematic, the PWA schematic. But yeah, it was a benefit of what I was doing at the time. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the interesting thing is that it wasn't complicated because all of that logic got implemented into the service worker functionality that I know Alex Rickerbaugh put a boatload of effort into to be able to get that all set up and running. And to do the PWA aspect of that was rather straightforward and just building upon what other people have done. It's just, I just wasn't even hard. Um, <laughs> what I did, it was so easy um, because my brain, it just made it, you know, easy. So. I, 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 I wish it was that and it was me just downplaying. But honestly, you are just essentially exposing a functionality that other people have invested yeah. a lot of into. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I definitely use uh, the PWA one. And honestly, I haven't done too much um, with pulling in external schematics, but I have customized uh, quite a few on my own, extending the existing ones. In fact, I'm kind of put myself on the hook. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the library that Leonardo has out there. Perfume? Yes. I need to get Leo on here to talk about that. That's a good, I, I'm you glad you said name, that. Please? Leonardo and Zizama? Uh, yeah, Zizama, yeah. yeah. And how is, how is his library called? Perfume. Perfume. Yes. Okay. So one of the things that I, because I uh, met up with him a couple weeks ago out in San Francisco, and one of the things I'm actually now on the hook to do is to add ng add functionality for Perfume. Oh, nice. And what I'm planning on doing is doing that as a Twitch stream. Oh, really? So play with schematics, throw oh, in ng add functionality. yeah, get some Perfume. I will sit right beside and make it a pair of for my library. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, what is it? NG ad as a service <laughs> via Twitch. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, yeah, but I think it would be a good introduction of uh, how schematics work and how to use those, as well as getting the output of something for adding NG ad into. So the library owners, like Dave here, uh, can take advantage of to be able to utilize uh, NG ad within your libraries. Yeah. I'm very interested in this. Yeah, I love it. Cool. So I think we, I think we, we brainstormed before we talked. We kind of covered, I think, highly what everything we wanted to, and that's surprisingly we're at our forty-five minutes already. Is there anything we haven't covered? Like, yeah, there's two. So okay. we talked about the extensibility, right? The idea yeah. of generate and the idea of the build process and having those internal things extensible. But um, I want to give a shout out to the team over at Narwhal. They've done two really cool things. On top of that, so the idea of taking an Angular CLI project or projects or workspace and adding NX on top of that, which kind of provides uh, library support and a little bit more tooling of maintaining multiple applications uh, via NX, uh, which extends the CLI. Yeah. Some pretty cool things that they've done there, as well as Angular Console to give you a, the people who are not quite as comfortable using the command line to be able to use the CLI, um, yeah. but to create Angular Console to give a visualization and expose that functionality through a UI just proves to the power of what uh, the team's created. Yeah, I agree. Like, I uh, I was on, uh, 
I was watching Schwarty do a, a Twitch the other night and and he's like using flags that I've never used then when I do Twitches, I'm using flags, other people are using like a lot of flags flying around when you're using the CLA, right? And the the console kind of exposes what we're doing there. And it's like, all right, you want inline templates, you want to put it in this specific project, you want inline styles, like you want to just do a dry run, like all that stuff. It just kind of gets it's exposed a bit easier through the CLI. So yeah, I know there's um, the, I'm trying to remember who's doing it. The guy's name is Dan, right? On the on Narwhal team, I think his name is Dan. I'm not sure who's responsible. Who's for, mainly focusing on the Angular console? Um, he's given a talk at ngconf. I know that. So um, so yeah. Anyway, so yeah, the Angular console. I think I think if you're confused by the Angular CLI a little bit, jump into the console. It gives you a UI on top of it, and you know, what, you know what else it does? And I think it's really cool. It makes discoverable schematics. Because if you don't know NPM install certain schematic name, it's like, well, Frost and Dave and Bro- Brocky, they're talking about these schematics. And it's like, what? how do they find those? Well, the CLI or the console, Angular console, if you install that, it actually exposes some schematics that you didn't already know about. And it's like, oh, that would have made my life easier. PWA schematic, that would have made my life easier. Prettier schematic. Hello, you know, so it does, it does more things than just what the CLI does. It actually has some added functionality. Like it's, it's, it's exposing things that you wouldn't have been able to discover with just the CLI. So it is a really nice tool. Uh, so you said there was another thing we didn't talk about, Brocky. What was it? No, I just, I, I was mentioning both. Oh, uh, NX and the, and, the yeah, NX and the Angular console. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Angular console. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. We didn't talk about those. Yeah. yeah. No, hats off, hats off to the normal people. Good, Dave. Yeah, I just had a, um, a talk at the meetup uh, two weeks ago, and a guy mentioned that um, the console is very awesome if you don't know the commands. Uh, it validates your inputs on every keystroke. So if you say ng generate and you miss, I'm very good in mistype. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm very good in typos. You can wake me up middle of the night, I can make you a typo. I'm, it's my superhero power. So, yeah. and, <laughs> and if you just mistype it, it says, oh, mistypo, typo, typo. Or if you um, freak out with, with, the, with the path for you, where you want to generate it, it says, okay, I would, if you now will do it, do it a try run on every keystroke. He said, I've never um, choosed um, and tried out this, this um, Angular console, but um, it sounds awesome for someone who don't want to use the, or it's not, it's not comfortable for, for the, using the, the command line. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And another uh, very awesome uh, feature of um, of the CLI is this um, uh, analytics. What do you mean no one analytics. Wait. <laughs> How on. does it help with the analytics? <laughs> what is it doing to make analytics better, bro? Yeah, it, it says um, um, it makes an, it runs an analytics about your um, MP if your webpack build and how your application is. The initial load and all, and gives you uh, feedback. This is uh, something you can um, make this uh, this very fancy looking scar a card for from the Angular console when you say, okay, analyze this tool, and you get this this card which looks like a very strange cake, and um, yeah, it's awesome. Awesome. Analytic. Okay. Uh, anything else we need to talk about before we go to picks? Because I'm kind of I'm kind of coming to the point where I'm done. I feel like we just resold the CLI to everyone who's already using it. But I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are having a hard time selling Angular maybe to their, to their company. And I hope that they could go through this podcast and be like, all right, selling point, selling point, selling point, selling mm-hmm. point, selling point. Because this is something that like, if it's like, hey, should we use Angular? 
everything we've talked about in this podcast, you will not get on like another on another framework, which is odd. Like if you try if you try and drop in and be like, hey, React, you're not gonna get that, right? Like you're not gonna get any of this stuff. So hey, React. Wait, wait, what just happened? <laughs> what just happened? What? Who's here? It's me, Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> Shai Resnick! Yeah! What's up, guys? Sorry, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm late at the end of the episode. Yeah, we're literally like about to go to picks, seriously. Oh, good thing I have no picks. Yeah, that's perfect. So if you could uh, catch me up on whatever you've been talking uh, like the ne- last hour... Uh, I literally just did a recap, right? Like, I literally, you joined at the worst possible time because I just recapped. Okay, so... I think the simple recap is the CLI is good. Use it. Awesome. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's that's good. Good that I joined. Yeah, Yeah, no. Do you have anything you want to say in respect (laughs) of the CLI is good? Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what's up with the CLI, man? I like, guess it's, it, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good project. I guess you, you should choose it and try it. Yeah, uh, fun fact. Okay, I have a pick for today. Okay, cool. So. All right. I, I just want to mention um, I'm um, not, also, um, not only a freelancer, I'm also uh, uh, one of the members of um, NGDE. Oh, yeah. <laughs> NGDE. All right. Well, let's say, hey, save that for your picks. Save it for your picks. This episode is brought to you by TripleByte. Applying to programming jobs sucks. You have to put the right keywords in your resume. You spend hours and hours on the phone screens and take home projects. And that's assuming the company even responds to your application. Well, if you're a software engineer, TripleByte can help. They work with over 400 top tech companies from big names like Dropbox and Adobe to exciting startups. You do one brief online interview with them. And if you do well, you go straight to final interviews with the company on their platform. It's like the common app for software developers. TripleByte does not look at your resume or where you went to school. All they care about is if you can code. I've helped dozens of software developers with various credentials get jobs, and this looks like a terrific way for you to get in and get interviewed and get a job without a lot of the hassle and overhead. You can go check them out at triplebyte.com slash angular. That's triplebyte.com, byte as in eight bits. As a special offer for listeners of this show, if you take a job through TripleByte, they'll offer you a $1,000 signing bonus. All right. Uh, let's start with picks. I'm going to take the first pick. First pick. There's an all RxJS conference coming up. <laughs> it's called RxJS Live. It's going to be in the city, Vegas. And um, oh, yeah. I, it's going to be an event for people who are like, hey, I want to sharpen my reactive skills. I want to sharpen the thing that's going to take me to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Shai's here, everybody. So. I'm picking RX just live. The tickets just went on sale. The CFP is open. So if you have you've got to talk, get in there. It's gonna be a brutal CFP. The the core team's coming, and that means that we have a handful of slots for non-core team, non-RXJS core team speakers. So it's gonna be brutal. But um get in there, submit your talks, get in there. The early bird tickets are gonna run out soon. So get your ticket before they go up. And then as a friend of rx share it with your friends like let's let it's gonna be great to have a, a successful first year event so please share this this event with with as many people as you can rxjs.live is the website are you looking for a talk about switch map i know a guy um <laughs> i think i know that guy you know that guy uh, what kidding. about what about 20 operators guy 
Ooh. 20 operators in 20 minutes. Oh, you, that guy. you're talking about Michael, right? Yeah. Bro, Brocky's giving that talk this year. Anyway, um, so my second pick, it's, it's just a song. I've been running this. I've been running lately. I know a lot of people are like, Frost running? No, that's not. Frost is high right now. He hasn't been running. No, I have been running. And uh, I need some music to keep me pumped up while I'm going. So this last week, I found one called Like It Ain't Nothing by Fergie. And when I'm like on mile like 1.5 and I'm ready and I need something to keep me going, that song kind of keeps me going. So Like It Ain't Nothing by Fergie. So those are my two picks. Does anyone else have some picks? For me, it's like you're simply the best. <laughs> when I'm taking a shower, this is what I listen to. Uh, <laughs> every time, every morning. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, have, I, I would jump in with the, with the two quick ones. First of all, not a lot of people know that, but when I did my lecture about TDD in Angular Connect, where Frosty was the MC. I actually fell in love with one of the audience members. I uh, looked at him and, uh, and, and started to fall in love, but I quickly grabbed myself and... We heard your, your thoughts. Yeah, remember? you heard my thoughts. And the, the audience member is no other than our own Dave, the special guest of the show. Web Dave? <laughs> Web Dave. Oh, Nice. So this is the, so Dave is my first pick, <laughs> my only pick after my He's your talk spirit animal, bro. <laughs> my talk spirit animal. Nice. And the second pick I have uh, for today is a brilliant show called Crashing. Crashing, uh, Crashing is about a stand-up comedian, a struggling stand-up comedian. It, it's with Pete Holmes and written by him and Judd Apatow. And it's just getting better with every season. It's if you're a fan of comedy, you it's a must see show. So check it out, crashing. And those are my picks for today. Awesome, Brocky, you got some picks? I do. Can it can it be a, a CLI based pick? It can be, Brocky. We don't discriminate on picks on this show. I just want you to Sweet. know. Sweet, I'm going. It's not to- like that other show. <laughs> it's not like other podcasts. We don't discriminate on picks. Okay, cool. I'm going to pick a lesser known command within the CLI uh, where you can actually do research with your with the CLI. So if you come across something that you're trying to utilize and you're not necessarily, not necessarily sure how to do that, so say you're dealing with uh, the activated route, you can do yeah. ng doc activated route and it'll actually search the Angular IO docs for the search term that you provide. Hello. Mm. Oh, yeah. Hello, who have this developed? <laughs> uh, it's a great feature. And um, just to extend that pick, it was implemented by the one and only Shai Resnick. Oh, <laughs> stop it. It was Wait, a one-line one guitar. Who did it? <laughs> oh, Shai Resnick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, nice, dude. <laughs> and my other pick is... Live share from Visual Studio team, uh, not just Visual Studio, but also VS Code, uh, supported in both is out of preview. So it's actually there and um, very helpful, especially as a remote worker, to be able to collaboratively share sessions with people. And again, going back to the whole Twitch thing, when I, if I Twitch, when I Twitch, I'm going to expose that out so people can navigate through the code base in a read-only fashion uh, along with me as I'm coding. 
Oh yeah, that's great. Awesome. Dave, pick. let's see. Let's hear your picks, man. The first pick uh, is um, um, as I uh, just mentioned. Um, also, um, one of the member uh, team member of um, a conference in taking place in Germany in uh, in August twenty uh, ninth to thirty first of August this year. Uh, it's the Anglo conference, so it's called uh, NGDE for Deutschland. <laughs> Deutschland. <laughs> Deutschland shouldn't be DL. DL? No. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> language My bad. My bad. <laughs> the language <code>. <laughs> <laughs> It's a language barrier. Okay. Continue. Continue. It's lost so, in translation. We get it. Got it. We will um, announce the, the keynote feature and the workshops uh, next week. And we received a amazing insane bunch of um of cfps this we just have i guess 14 slots and we um received about 300 or three or 400 cfps wow insane and that's uh, hard that's hard to pick that many you know well, i'm very happy that i'm not <laughs> that i'm not uh, <laughs> one of the of these uh, of these um of this team who have to um decide which uh, uh talk is going picked so join us. It's the um, the second round of uh, early birds is still ongoing, and um, we will have some um, special community um, discounts. So yeah, so NGDE, check it out. NGDE Conf. We are on Twitter also and on all the other social media platforms. And my second um, pick is uh, I also have a um, YouTube channel, and um, I started a series a few months ago. In German, uh, yeah, um, uh, at the moment in German, I try to explain JavaScript to kids. I, I came to this idea when I uh, started teaching my, my boys uh, JavaScript. And uh, I thought, okay, this is a very nice way to explain what is JavaScript and what are variables or functions or all this stuff. And I started a short, uh, a small series and um, I did... I guess four episodes until now and it's still ongoing. So if you know someone who wants to learn um, German or JavaScript or both, <laughs> then uh, <laughs> mention this. <laughs> All right. yeah. Post a link in the show notes. Oh, yeah, I would. <laughs> All right. So, Dave, uh, if anyone wants to reach out to you on the web, how do they find you? You can find me on my website, uh, webdave.de or at my Twitter and uh, Instagram uh, handle uh, webdave underscore de. Okay, cool. My PMs uh, are open. Okay, perfect. So, Brocky, if anyone wants to reach out to you, where do they find you? Uh, easiest place is Twitter, um, and it's just Brocko, B-R-O-C-C-O. Brocko. All right. Well, thanks for thanks for coming, and uh, it's been good. If anyone has any questions for the for our guest, reach out to them. Any questions for Shy Hires? On Twitter, yeah, HiRes.io or HiRes underscore IO. Or Shy underscore Resnick, yeah, or my little good fella at Instagram. Okay, or my little good fella. All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming. We'll catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace out. Peace out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C A C H E F L Y dot com to learn more.